available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA side on the 24-7 Sports Network. That was beautiful. You like uh, that? I was very good. Yeah. Uh, and I was Ryan going Abraham. for like a love boat crooner. And this is our second Did you intro. Think that, do you think that you didn't get hit? I think it was good, yeah. Okay, good, good. If they bring that show back again. Uh, I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together we make the podcast of champions talking all things Pac-12 football. Usually this intro is redundant because our intro, our pre-recorded intro says it, but twice in like a month <laughs> I put the wrong intro in and people are getting on me. I think it'll be really cool if that comes in over um, whatever. What is the stupid song that is at the beginning of Paris? Is that's that the Conquest. Spirit of Troy or no, is that's that Conquest? Conquest? That's like, yeah. All of them sound the same, and they're all stupid. They're all bad songs. Oh, okay. Well, so people are like, are you trolling David because he hates that? He talked <laughs> no, trash no, about that. Tr- no, no. no. It's just, yeah. We, well, we'll get into that later. But yeah, the, the right intro is in there, so my apologies again. I usually have to come in and fix it. Uh, but if you have any questions or comments for the show, you can email us. Uh, oh, I got the wrong what I was about to say. Podcast at uscfootball.com. So I'm really trying to like. You're trying one. to mess with us right now. I had the wrong thing pulled up. It's a Pac-12 podcast. At gmail.com. You can also call or text us at 424-532-0678. Leave us a brief voicemail or uh, send us a text message. You can tweet us at Pac-12Podcast. And the website is Pac-12Podcast.com. Lots of info up there, David. I know you don't like it, but all of our picks, if you want to see how bad they are and they I'm fine with people going bad. there during the season. Um, you direct them there when there's nothing going on in the off season, and that's insane. Well, if you want to see the old episodes, you want to like, hey, what 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 Disney princess thing were they talking about in uh, late May? Let's go, let's go play you that. Can just episode. do that in your iTunes feed. Yeah, you can. Well, not everyone has it, and it's not iTunes anymore. Who cares? It's Apple Podcast because that's where we want to do our reviews. Uh, Apple Podcast, we could follow us. It's not called subscribe anymore. It's called follow. So I'm trying to follow the rules here. Just like big game. You are such like a uh, a child of branding. Like, yeah. no, just call it what it is. <laughs> big game. No, <laughs> the big game. Like, look, follow the English language. Don't follow these like new brands. Uh, but we're supposed to follow us, uh, the podcast of champions on Apple Podcasts. And the thing is, we want to get rated. We get those five stars because apparently it helps grow the show. Maybe it does. Maybe it hurts you. But we're telling everyone it helps grow the show. And it's grown the show. And we've, you know, okay, maybe we've like offered incentives for the <laughs> reviews. Not really out of our pocket. The nice people at Jockey said, hey, we want to get it out there. I was wearing my Jockey. Look, uh, some people might call it bribes, right? Yes. Right? But I am a parent of two young children. And so I call it positive reinforcement. Oh, yes. Positive yeah. reinforcement. Leave us five stars. <laughs> We give you a $100 gift card to Jockey. Uh, one of my friends moved over from NFL Network to Pac-12 Network, and I wore my Pac-12 uh, you know, jacket, the Jockey jacket, which is great. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, that's my company. I'm like, 
Yeah, they take care of us. They take over the jockey. Uh, but we got some new reviews, it looks like. We do. We have five new ones. Um, so we got to pick a winner. Yeah, we got to pick a winner. Um, this is going to be a lot of reading. So oh. just fair warning to everyone. This is a five-star review from Dubquacker7. Uh, like a sock with a hole in it. Last week, I was going through my typical Thursday morning of getting ready for work while listening to the podcast of Champions when I realized that one of the socks I was about to put on had a hole in it. I first thought, man... If only someone made a sock that provided arch support and cushioned sole to assure total comfort and was made of cotton for breathability, nylon for durability, and spandex for shape retention, while also coming with a no-hole guarantee. I then remember hearing somewhere, I think in a podcast, about the clothing brand Jockey, and I was able to find a sock that included all of the above in the Jockey Men's Made in America Crew Socks 3-Pack, a great-looking product at an affordable price made by a fantastic and bold yet yet trustworthy brand. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Too bad I refuse to uh, purchase clothes with my own capital and only do so when endowed with a gift card. If only there was a way to obtain a jockey gift card of, say, $100 in order to resolve my sock crisis for good. Anyways, my next thought was how similar my sock was with this podcast. Wearing a sock with a hole in it is slightly uncomforting, as is listening to this podcast. But I would still choose to wear it to my terrible job, just as I still choose to listen to this podcast about this terrible conference. <laughs> All Disney princesses and Dave bullying Ryan about spring ball aside... This podcast does just enough to keep me listening, as does a holy sock to keep me wearing it. As for the actual football side of things, watching UCLA's defense is equivalent to wearing a sock made of Legos. Throughout the more years, my dad was convinced that UCLA wouldn't win anything significant in his lifetime. Well, he passed away in 2019, and contrary to me thinking Chip would follow through with my dad's posthumous belief of UCLA's success, judging the Bruins' football performance since then leads me to believe he faked his death and is now living a second life relaxing on the beaches of Jamaica, keeping the Bruins stuck in the depths of insignificance. I took a turn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from this point on, I think I'd rather listen to future USC head coach Norm Chow recite the Communist Manifesto for 36 hours straight than watch the Fighting Chip Kellys in any game that's considered Pac-12 after dark. Dave, are you with me? P.S. You're welcome for the spacing. I would like to provide an editorial note for everyone. There was absolutely no spacing in this, pod- in this <laughs> podcast review. There was not. There's some good content, Dub Quacker. I, I liked I liked it. It's definitely a contender. Yeah. All right. Here's one from College Basketball Only, five-star review. Podcast of Champ Troy? Beautiful. Oh, how podcast of champ tr- champions-ish. I was so excited Wednesday afternoon. A new podcast of champions is on my screen. I pop it open, and what do I hear? A Trojan fight song? Oh, great. I get to hear a Paris-style podcast? But no. Who is speaking over Troy? What? It's David Woods? Confusion sets in. Who screwed this up? Was it David? No, throw that out. That's impossible. That would require work from our man David. Maybe it was Keely. Sitting in the war room, she got confused. But I quickly discounted that as well. Keely making a mistake? Come on, no way. That left only one alternative. The man with the golden fingers that's itching with a good heart to go deliver food to the needy. Our man Ryan hit the wrong eject button on his way out the door to keep the Meals on Wheels people from starving. Or he was worried about getting yelled at by Grandma for bringing the food late. We will never know. Excellent podcast as always. Al the chef. Yeah. That's all true, basically. Yeah. That yeah. was, you know, um, it's at the beginning. It's not the end. It's the beginning when I set up the show. And but yeah, I ran out of here in a hurry. I didn't really get to uh, review it because I delivered the old ladies need their food, Dave. You know what yep, we're gonna do. I get it. All right, this is from Burn M. According to the rules, uh, win or lose, they ask for a five-star rating regardless of the review. Simple enough. This podcast is entertaining even when they talk about Pac-12 football. Of course, it comes from an LA-centric worldview where we get fed plenty of UCLA-USC propaganda. Sometimes they even have sound effects. Effects subscribed. Uh, here's the sound effect. The truth is, we all know Champagne Larry likes to roll large, right? <laughs> wow. Sound effect for you. Yeah, it was good. I just picked one. All right, this is uh, another very long 
very long review. Oh, but geez. it does have it's spaces. Just like scroll down. Yeah, no, you have to scroll. All right, this is from Not My Phone Review. Chocolate chip cookies. So here's a cookie recipe. All right, everyone, get out their pens. Um, do you want to write? You want to read the whole recipe? Like you could. Like, like that's the part that's going to take a while. <laughs> okay. Ingredients. Two and a quarter cups of all-purpose flour, one tablespoon baking soda, one... Is that tablespoon or teaspoon? That's a teaspoon. One teaspoon baking soda. One teaspoon salt, one bag of semi-sweet chocolate chips, one cup of butter, three quarters cups of sugar, three quarter cup of brown sugar, one teaspoon of vanilla, and two eggs. Preheat the oven to 375 degrees. Mix the first four ingredients in a separate container uh, from the final five. Mix the sugar with the butter first, then the vanilla. After the batter's color evens out, add the eggs. Continue mixing until there is an even texture. Add the first group of ingredients to the second while mixing until even. Place spoon-sized portions on an ungreased baking sheet two inches apart. Bake for 8 to 12 minutes. Allow for two minutes of cooling before consumption. All right? So that's a cookie cookie recipe yeah, for you? Yeah, pretty standard Nestle Toll House kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not... Those aren't going to be cookies to write home about, but they're fine. They're, I like Nestle Toll House cookies. They'll, they'll be good. They're not like a homemade. You know that... Those are homemade. They're not like you know what I mean. They're not like uh, grandma's recipe. That's yeah, grandma. Like if you do the Mrs. Fields one, if you ever get that one, that's like huge, where you like grate up a chocolate bar in there. Like that's pretty good. Yeah. The weird thing at the beginning of this, I know there's more than you. So when I, I like baking and stuff, and I, I remember taking home ec like as a kid. Mm-hmm. So you learn the tablespoon, teaspoon stuff. So shame on you for not knowing that. But um, I don't usually like. It's like you have two and a half, two and a quarter cups of flour, and like mix it with this little bit of salt, a little bit of baking soda. Like, I don't bother mixing those together. I just like at like when I I do the 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 wetter ingredients first with the sugar and the butter and everything, and then I start adding like a cup of flour at a time or a half a cup of flour, and I'll just put like the baking soda and salt in the beginning. Is there a? I don't know if there's a benefit to mixing this little bit of salt and baking baking soda with. All of the flour. I don't do that ahead of time. I just do, you know, flour in increments afterwards. You don't I'm, care at all. I'm not a chemist. <laughs> this isn't chemistry. Well, that is what it is. Um, all right. All right. Anyway, anyone out there, let, let us know. Like, is there, should I be mixing? I'm you not will the... not get a scientific response from anybody who actually knows about this. They will right. just say, oh, no, I just do a pinch here and a pinch there. Any good baker uh, or cook or whatever, whatever, they're just like, oh, I just know it by feel. Shut well, up. baking, there's more precision, too, than co- yeah, cooking. Yeah, you'd like more. to think so. All right. Why this I? phone has never played a single episode of POC because it's my wife's. She only listens when we go on long road trips to Provo or the Rose Bowl. She's convinced David is the inspiration for the actually meme and that Ryan isn't a real person but a dog sitting in a room surrounded by fire. <laughs> my mom refused to write this. My wife refused to write this review. See what happens when you put a ring on it? So when she wasn't looking, I grabbed her phone and gave this show about three minutes of content, a five-star rating, and a chocolate chip cookie recipe. Why didn't I use my phone? Well, I already gave a five-star rating, but at the time, there wasn't anything in it for me. I gave five stars like you give a homeless guy five bucks. You do it because you actually believe the guy is going to make his life better with this newfound wealth. I wanted to help these two out, not because they're all that good, but because they constantly beg for five-star reviews. Fair. But now there's a a jockey gift card up for grabs. That's right. When your five-star review is picked as numero uno, you could be holding your very own jockey gift card. If you're listening to this show for the first time, you'll probably say, this podcast is fun. It is not fun. Have you not been listening for the last three minutes? Not once have I mentioned their football acumen. You cannot expect that nonsense here at the POC. They address serious topics like Disney princesses. Talk of the offseason is verboten. 
But they are consistent. I mean, there is an episode every week, even if they do dumb comparisons as coaches to various inanimate or make-believe objects. That makes me wonder, has Dave or Ryan ever reviewed head coaches as compared to what type of homemade cookie they'd be? Please don't discuss and ruin a beautiful recipe I shared. Uh, sincerely, a Sun Devil fan stuck in the Pac-12. At least Champagne Larry isn't there. Can you play that soundbite one more time? The truth is, we all know Champagne Larry likes to roll large, right? <laughs> I played that before, not realizing I was going to play it again, so... Nice. And then a final review uh, from Green Square One, five stars. Uh, subject line, David is hot. And then the body is, David Woods is hotter than Ryan Abraham. Mm. That that happens to be a friend of mine. Is it? Yes. That's great. <laughs> Someone you met. Oh, good. <laughs> I think it's fair. <laughs> I think it's uh, understandable. Maybe it's even undersaying it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, she's not going to win, though, because we know her. So. Right. Yeah. Right, just uh, like my friend last week didn't win. <laughs> Who do you like this week? Is I think it Dub might Quacker? be Dub Quacker. I think Dub Quacker. Dub Quacker 7, you are the winner. I do like the Not My not my Phone review, but um, it was a little long, but it was spaced. It was spaced. Um, I would say it was a little bit too long, and it needed to be punched up just a little bit. Like okay. The joke's punched up a little bit. Okay. But it was good. I mean, I, look, it's a tough competition every week, everybody. And I don't want to, you know. These are great reviews. Like you, people are spending some time on them. They are. This is really good stuff. Um, maybe find if, like, if you have a kid, maybe see if they have a phone that you can review the show from. Um, <laughs> but a third time might be the charm for you. Yeah. But all right. So dub cracker, quacker, dub cracker. Probably want a dub quacker. Uh, send us a email with your address, physical address, and I will physically send you a Jockey gift card. So thanks to Jockey for that. And send that to pack12podcast at gmail.com. I know. Then I got to forward it to me. You can send it to Ryan at uscfootball.com. That will make it easier, but we don't always need to do that. Okay. Uh, let me give you guys an update on the survivor pool. Um, apparently, there was a little mistake. I think Matthew might have put some email addresses in there. So we'll, uh, we, I sent him an email, so hopefully he addresses that. But we had 11... People survive out of 12 from week six to week seven. The 10, 10 people picked UCLA to win, and one took Arizona State. The loser picked Stanford. So I guess they were like buying the Stanford hype after beating uh, Oregon. Um, nobody didn't put a pick in, so that was great. Uh, of the survivors who can still pick each team, and, and uh, Matthew says everyone's still, everyone is still alive wisely followed Dave's advice of picking Colorado week one. So everybody that's still alive did what you did, pick Colorado, since they had an FCS opponent. But then they wisely ignored David's similar advice to pick Arizona in week three. That wasn't my advice. Apparently I didn't want to do it, and Ryan made me at gunpoint. I, I just, <laughs> yes. Uh, so he said, the big decision, do you pick Arizona to beat Colorado? If you're playing a 12-week strategy, that's the clear choice. If you're trying to survive each week, then not so much. So, um, so you, there's only, yeah, there's, there's a lot. Yeah, the people, people are going to have some tough choices this week, is what he said. He said also two years ago, by the end of week six, we were down to two players, so it's much better this year. Good job, team. So thanks, Matthew, for putting all that together. You're the man. And let's see what else do we got on the docket. Um, unfortunately, uh, Arizona quarterback who's looked good. We'll talk about him, Jordan McLeod. Uh, ankle knee injury he's out for the season yeah uh, it was bummer. a nasty uh nasty injury uh ucla's defensive lineman who's otito Igbonia, who's about 340 pounds tackled him low and then also rolled up on his shin it looked pretty gruesome in real time um so unfortunately he will be out for the rest of the year uh looked like it 
basically just destroyed his lower leg. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not good. So speedy recovery to him, but you know, just when Arizona looks like they could be, you have a little life like that's kind of sucked. The when he went him. down in that game, it was uh, an eight point game. And, uh, you know, I, I think he was, uh, if you watch that, I mean, we'll get into that game, but if you watch that game, he was the, the hope at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, AP poll, Oregon's number nine, Arizona state's number 18. Um, just real quick at the top. We don't really have to go over our picks for every game because um, look, because <laughs> David didn't get any right. He's over four. How many did you get right? One, one for three. Yeah, yeah. So my whole point was I was going to pick opposite of David. Which you never, been you didn't say this until literally I had picked off, like I had picked them all wrong. Like no, I said this before. That. You didn't say this during the show last week. You didn't say, no. oh, oh, I'm going to just pick opposite you. you, you I you, said the you, text. You're just yeah. going to make this up afterwards. No, whatever. but I agreed with your other picks and whatever. i was like i was like once i won the first one i was like oh cool There's, look I mean, we're gonna get into it because this is some bull crap the, this it was funny like i was telling david before the show like if you listen to other people that make picks the people that are like there's usually some maybe a more logical picker and then there's someone that's more like emotional picker like the logical pickers in the world are not doing very well it's i don't yeah it's very it's crazy um what's going on here so but yeah we're, there's where we are. So I got some different, I'm going to do a little different strategy this week. See, we might as well switch it up. Who knows? Um, it might be the worst strategy. I'm going to use more, like more data, like more data to figure out what's going on, which you should definitely be using less of it, but I'd figure I would try it. What the hell? Um, okay. So let's go through anything else before we do our, uh, God, no. Okay. Pack 12 roundup. We uh, went through our, um, rankings very uh, thoroughly or david sent me an email this morning and here we are and ryan said sure i yeah, literally just said okay sure that's fine um okay our number 12 team arizona wildcats they were hosting who is now our number three team ucla bruins there's no reason ucla is number three like it's just there's no good number three option um this was a terrible football game to watch did you watch it uh parts of it yeah awful awful football game um this was the late one right yeah and really dull like yeah, because i was leaving the press box i think i had it on or something yeah, like, yeah it was intensely boring um so uh this was a 17 16 game very competitive um ucla pulled ahead 24 16 um in the fourth quarter and then arizona was getting set to drive i think they'd just gotten a pass interference call maybe and they were you know starting their drive again um, and then UCLA got after Jordan McLeod, um, got a sack and, uh, rolled up on his leg, um, causing a major injury. And that was it because Jordan McLeod was marching him downfield. I don't think he had like an explosive day by any stretch of the imagination, but he was consistently just hitting short passes, hitting short passes, hitting short passes. And he showed good decision-making. He was throwing the ball away when he needed to. He looked really good. He looked a lot sharper than he did against Oregon, actually, when he threw five picks. Um, he didn't even come close to throwing a pick in this one. Um, and I had every belief that he was going to at least keep it close at that point. Like it was going to be a one score game at the end. Uh, then he gets rolled up on. And this is where I'm very worried if I'm an Arizona fan, because McLeod's now out for the year. Gunner Cruz looked absolutely terrified of throwing the football. Um, just holding well, on that to UCLA it. secondary is one of the best in the conference, <laughs> right? Well, that was the thing is like, or, he's or the worst. He's yeah. reportedly got a bigger arm than McLeod. Yeah. Um, but he looked terrified such that like he was bouncing the ball on wide receiver screens out to the outside. Like he couldn't even complete that pass. He would look downfield and then just like stop, just 
stop all motion and just be standing there um, awaiting a sack. Um, he he looked really, really rough to the point where I don't think Will Plummer's a, I don't think he's an FBS level quarterback, but he at least might throw the ball. You might have to play him. Um, anyway, this that's more what this game was about. I mean, UCLA, I, I don't think they played particularly well. They went bend but don't break on defense, which I think was the right move given how torched their secondary has been. Um, and how um, unable they've been to get after quarterbacks. Um, and it didn't actually work that well. They still had huge gaps in their coverage, um, and Arizona was still able to march, but they weren't quite able to punch it in for touchdowns, which I guess is the point. Um, but UCLA was able to run the ball, which was basically the one elite quality UCLA had against Arizona. Um, Britton Brown was great. Zach Charbonnet was really good. Um, and even Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who had a miserable day throwing the ball, um, was uh was effective on the ground. He almost completed like double digit passes, right? Or not, or not was he close? <laughs> he, he didn't go over 100 <laughs> yards. He didn't go over the Brendan Lewis mark. Okay. Um this was this was a Brendan Lewis day for Dorian Thompson wow. Robinson. Is he, he like was, secretly hurt something like That was the theory, but then he was like rocketing balls looking fine in the second half. Okay. Um he he was awful in the first half, like just missing throws. The ball was dying on him a little bit. Um and uh he threw an awful pick at the end of the first half. Um, but then in the second half, like he had a couple of really good throws. So I don't know if it's just the typical this year, his first halves have just been awful, very bad. And then his second halves have been better. Um, or if he's maybe a little bit dinged up or both. I mean, it could be both. Um, but for Arizona, this is, I'd be really, I mean, I, I think they are, but I, I'd be really disappointed as an Arizona fan because it's, again, it's like the Oregon game. It's not going to look it at the end of the day. But this was a winnable game after three quarters. Yeah. And if Jordan McLeod doesn't get rolled up on, um, I do very much think that it would have been a one-score game going down to the wire. Uh, were there any photos of DTR in like a Arizona co-ed hot tub <laughs> a la Josh Rosen? Like, could that have explained? There were some like Instagram posts the night before of like all of the players like partying in the Tucson resort. Like, yes. Just not like, you know, just like hanging out, but it was... Uh, Something that people were talking about on the uh, message boards nice. in the first half when it looked really lethargic. So the Fish and Chips Bowl is pretty much a disaster. It was um, really boring. Yeah. Really boring football game. Mm. Um, here's the thing. I was a I, Jed Fish fan. Was a fan. Uh, was. No, no longer. Wow. No longer. Ooh. Here's the deal. Needed a win. You know, I could have been a 500 week. It was going to be one and three. <laughs> Needed a win. Uh, obviously, the, your quarterback goes down. It's a 16-point spread, and uh, UCLA's up 15, you know, late late, late in the game. feel like this is going to go okay. Uh, Arizona starts calling timeouts. And what does UCLA do? They kick a field goal to now be covering the spread. They're even mentioning on the broadcast how, you know, important this was the sum or something like the significance of this field goal. That made me a little upset. I was like, you know what? I did like beating Dave for the week, but two and two would have been a lot better than one and three. So <laughs> this was a felt like uh should have been a cover and was not. And so to Jetfish, you gotta win me back. You gotta win a game for me to come Well, back. and it would have been one thing if they would have kept trying on their next drive, but like Gunner Cruz was like checking down to like a running back and running the ball. Like Yeah, like what go on down the ensuing and score. Drive. Yeah. Like if you're gonna do that, okay, then when you get the ball back. Throw bombs, yeah. like just bomb it downfield and see what happens. Um, but come on, man, don't don't leave us uh, with no cover right there. That was that was very disappointing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
our number so that our number 12 team was the same from last week our number 11 team is also the same colorado buffalo probably the best they've looked all season very thankfully didn't play football in the bye week uh our number 10 team california golden bears I think scored more points in the bye week than they did. Also a much better week for California. Yeah. Uh, a couple teams probably needed a buy. Yes. Maybe a little, you know, yeah, reset. Maybe, maybe could use it's one like or two more. It's like the defibrillator <laughs> thing. Like, just like your DOA. Or like, just like, <laughs> clear. <laughs> like, we need something going on. So we'll see what's going on there. This team definitely is going to need its buy. USC Trojans. Coming in at number nine. They were hosting... Our number four team, Utah Utes. Um, has USC has lost like three of the exact same games at home now, where they were down by four scores in the <laughs> yeah. fourth quarter, and then they score like they tack on a couple of couple junk of, things just to make it look okay. Yeah, like not look good, but like okay, as opposed to being down twenty nine in the fourth, you lose, you know, you you win or whatever, you lose by eighteen or something or. So I think there were two things going on here based on like my read of this game. And you can tell me what you think. One is USC did its like usual thing, which is just like completely roll over on defense and look like trash for much of this game. Yeah. But also I think Utah was getting it together in this game in a way that they haven't really this year. Like, and I don't think, I think it was independent of USC. I think they came in with a really good game plan. Their offense looked sharper than it has all year. Um, Their defense shut down the run in a way that it hasn't all year. I, I just think there were some elements of this that were independent of USC just being a fucking fiery clown car um, <laughs> that were due to Utah. Okay, Utah now looks like a South contender. Do you buy that? Uh, no, rarely. Okay, so like Cameron Rising well, hasn't been a good quarterback. He's looked But great. he looked really good in this yeah. one. Yeah, but there's, there's a lot of factors going in. Like Stanford has been the worst rushing team in the conference. There are like statistically they're the worst. They ran all over USC. Like this USC defense is really bad. Like they're they were allowing we all thought like Chase Nolan was like Chance. Ch- oh my god, Chance Nolan. No, and I was the one who was gonna do that and you did it. Yeah, we already screwed that one up. Yeah, yeah. Chance Nolan was like, oh my God, he's amazing. He was like 15 of 18. Well he's been pretty crappy since he played the USC secondary. Um I Anyone that's playing USC, especially in the Coliseum, is getting a bump, and I'm not. Go- I'm going to ignore that bump. I'm not going to like anoint Utah. Like they're probably way too high at four. Like you, you're, you're, you should be discounted your victories. You know when you're playing USC, it just doesn't seem to matter because <laughs> if your quarterback looks amazing, he's probably going to look crappy the next week. If he, you know, so, so what I'm amazed for Cam, by, like he's probably not going to look good <laughs> in his next game, right? So. This is it's really how bad USC is, like how poorly coached, how <laughs> uh, much of a dumpster fire this team is. You cannot give anyone credit for like, well, they beat USC. Yeah, that no. Like, why you, are you trying to get yet another USC head coach fired? <laughs> is not is one not enough this year, Ryan? No, Dante Williams. Like, there's no reason to fire. Like, people USC fans are like, fire the offensive coordinator. Like, no, you've already you've cut the head off the snake. You have to play out the no, string. Nobody's retaining this staff. You you have to play out the string, <laughs> which is just like it's a it's a ten game disaster of a season left over from Clay Helton. Yeah. If they keep putting Todd Orlando on screen and telling me that he is an elite defensive play caller, I'm gonna lose it. What evidence do we have? that this guy can run an elite defense. 
yeah, there. Besides his rep from like Houston six years ago, he had like a good Texas year at first, but the. I mean, it's a mess. And they I, look so soft. You is feel the bad because there's. But. I think there's some good assistant coaches, but there's just you don't have like you're trying to do your job and just everything around you. It's that, you know, it's that meme with like everything's fine. Like literally everything's on fire around you. You're like trying to like oh, um, yeah. I mean, there's it's a freaking mess. So I like the way Utah played. I did a service to the Utah fan base. I don't know, and then you know it was nice. Uh, after I left, I was walking up to the press box. I see Cam Rising come out by himself or with a, a media person from from Utah. He's on the field, the Coliseum field. It's dark by himself on the phone, and I just he's like taking it all in. I he's, saw he's your picture. Like, yeah, yeah, I took a picture. His mom. He was apparently Facetime with his mom. So Bill Riley retweeted me and said, "Hey, he was Facetime with his mom." His mom replied to the tweet and was like, "Hey, that was me. Thanks for sharing the photo." Um, it was. It was a great moment for him, just like for Nolan, just like for Tanner McKee. Like these opposing quarterbacks have come to the Coliseum and just had like you know the, the game of their life, and they're just in the best spirits. So it was nice. It was like the Utah fans were really happy to see the photo and stuff. So I try to do my help for you know helping the Pac-12 out here. So I want to I want to correct the record a little bit on your um, just I would say um, absolutely unfair denigration of Cameron Rising. Uh huh. Can I can I read you his stats this year? Sure. Okay. He's at 66% passing. Okay. Uh, he's thrown seven touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, he's rushed for 105 yards on 16 carries and a touchdown. We're talking about a top half Pac-12 quarterback this oh, year. Easily, yeah. Um, I'm going to say discount what you saw against USC. Like Washington State, he was bad. Um, but everyone, every other, uh, he was good against San Diego State or goodish, and he was good against USC. I guess what I'm saying is, He's yes, only been a few games. Because I guess to, what I'm yeah. saying is, outside of um, obviously your familiarity with the USC's <laughs> foibles, I think there are like there's at least I think for Utah fans, there's legitimate reason to believe that some of that can carry over. Maybe not all of it, because USC is particularly soft on defense this year. Um, but that was a Utah team that looked like it had maybe put some, you know, pieces together a little bit more than, uh, what they'd looked like in the previous. Weeks. And I think, you know, the Charlie Brewer thing that, you know, gets benched. Yeah. Leaves the program. It's not like, it's not like Cam is going to come in and just be like amazing from the start. So I could see him being a very good quarterback, top three quarterback in the conference for sure. But I'm just saying just, you know, don't. Don't put all your eggs in the wow. You looked awesome against USC basket. Yeah, we've we've we have we have seen this movie before now three times this season. Although Tanner McKee is like legit, like he is, and I think I think Chance Nolan is probably okay. Uh, but he looked like um, he's I mean, going to win multiple Heisman's when he was playing USC. Yeah, now he's like trying to get to a hundred yards pass. <laughs> yes, he's trying to break the Brendan Lewis mark. <laughs> Uh, anything else in this? Oh, like Drake London had was one away from like the all time catch record for USC. Like he had 16 catches, needed 17. Can a guy on like a sub 500 team win the Heisman? So that's what people are. I'm a voter. Uh, no, I wouldn't. I, I mean, I actually might just because like I like to put a West Coast person on. There's probably not going to be anyone else that would be on there, but um, I think he could win the Bolitnikov, but like what in the high, like he already has 64 catches this year. Yeah, I think he leads. He leads the nation, I think, in catches and then is maybe first or second in yards. Like, um, it's crazy. Is he going to break the record for catches in a season? Uh, Devontae Smith last year, he's like on pace with what Smith won the Heisman with last year, but he was on an undefeated team, you know? So, uh, but it's almost more impressive what he's able to do. 
just what he's doing. So uh, I don't know what the record is or anything like that. But he's the record for receptions in a year is 158. So for Drake yeah, London to pull, so what have they played? Five games or six? Six. Oh, yeah. So he's yeah, he's not gonna. But that would probably includes like a bowl game and stuff. Oh so, yeah, yeah. So that probably won't happen for USC. Um, yeah, good. For, so hopefully Utah. I mean, they responded well from the tragedy from you know two weeks prior. Um, you know, look good. Like I, you know, but you look good against USC. So I don't, you know, don't want to put too much stock in that. So we'll see. But the, I think they're a real contender. I think they got a pretty good game coming up. Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. But um, congrats to the Utes. Uh, they looked good. Uh, let's see. We have our number eight team. Let's see. Where is this one? Washington State Cougars. And uh, they were, what were they doing? They were hosting, which is now our number five team. Oregon State Beavers. Yeah, uh, so Washington State won, uh, beat Oregon State 31-24. So this is another one that we both got wrong because um, that's true of three of these games. Because, you know, Washington State was looking great coming into this and Oregon State was looking like crap, right? <laughs> oh, no, wait, the exact opposite. The exact opposite. Um, this is kind of what we were referencing. Uh, Chance Nolan uh, really, really, really struggled in this game. Um, he threw... Uh, 10 of 25, well, 11 of 25. I think that's, uh, I'm not a math major. Mm-hmm. I think that's completing fewer than 50% of your passes. Yeah. Yeah. USC um, was like 15 of 18 or something. That's This is significantly different. But it, it is over 50% if you count as two interceptions. <laughs> so someone caught half of his passes. Yeah, over half, yeah. 13 of 25. <laughs> that's pretty good, right? Um, yeah, he had a really rough game. Um, the running game for Oregon State was still really, really good. Yeah. I... Um, B.J. Baylor's really good. Uh, Deshaun Fenwick, really good, and brings some power to that. Where did they get these guys? I don't know. I don't know. If anything, they should have been running the ball even more. Um, I There were a lot of – this was one of those games where I was like, Jonathan Smith, are we are we doing the right stuff here? Because um, it seemed like they were moving away like, from the run. Run the ball more? Yeah, well, I think maybe got a little too um, convinced that he had – Something great in Chance Nolan. Uh, maybe he was a little uh, had some smoke blowing up his butt uh, based on the USC game, and so Jonathan Smith was thinking, okay, we can throw this a lot more. Regardless, um, they ran the ball really, really well. Um, the only thing was they probably should have run it even more. Um, BJ Baylor had like one really long run, like a fifty yard run, but um, they were getting explosive runs constantly. Um, Fenwick seemed to be able to get whatever he wanted whenever he wanted, but you only ran the ball thirty three times with those guys um, and threw the ball twenty five. So uh, I thought that was a, an issue for them just from like a play calling balance. And then the other thing was Washington State, uh, Jaden Delora looked really sharp in this game. Um, he was completing balls all over the field, um, looked like, you know, he was running that system pretty much perfectly. Yeah. Um, he's and got like two weeks of that and then it's going to be a new system. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this was one of these games where um, actually Washington State did like the opposite of what its um, you know uh, general approach to a game has been, which is they didn't jump out to an early lead. They instead jumped out to an early deficit and then came back on their right. own. Yeah, um, which is yeah. not the way Rolo typically likes to do it. Um, it wasn't so, a much of a deficit though. It was. It was seven points at halftime. Okay, all right, whatever. Well, I mean, we're talking about him losing leads when they're like three point lead. What the hell is that? that? Might, it might have been the first time they were behind at half, right? But they had. They've had a lead in the second half of every game. 
which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. But uh, anyway, he's going to be fired soon, but a uh, good way to go out um, on a nice win. Yeah, you think it's going to... I mean, isn't that like basically what everyone is saying without saying it at this point? Yeah. It's so weird. Um, the NBA stuff is happening. Like Kyrie Irving so, put his statement uh, out. And we like, didn't talk about this in the news up front. Uh, Rolovich applied for a religious exemption. That was reported before the game, uh, this game on uh, Saturday. Uh, I think it was like a news story that came out. Um, and even if he gets the religious exemption, that's probably not going to save him from being fired because there's still the clause of his contract where if anything prevents him from fulfilling certain duties as the head coach, he can be let go. And I think it's for cause. So yeah. So no more contract. Even the exemption itself isn't going to save him. So, and from what June Jones was saying in that story, um, it's just him being a stubborn idiot. Like it's just literally, it doesn't even boil down to the vaccine. It's him not wanting to do something that he's being told to do. Yeah. Right. Conspiracy brain, like conspiracy brain, but also just like stubborn child brain. Yeah. But you have some, familiarity I have with. some experience with, <laughs> <laughs> he it needs, is, he needs some positive reinforcement. <laughs> it is bizarre. Cause there are definitely some, you know, friends that work in the NBA, like, there's NBA players that did not want it. And then they eventually are like, okay, I'll just do it. Cause like, this is easier, but you still got the, like the Kyrie Irvings of the world. They're going to be losing out on like $380,000 a game. Like when they're not playing at home, they're not allowed to play at home. Um, but apparently they're still going to get paid on the road. Cause they could have played on the road, but they don't want them to play. Like, but that's like, you're making some crazy decisions at this point where it's just like, I don't care how much you don't want to do it. Like, this is like your livelihood. Like, you know, I really don't want to do this, but for my job, I'll do it. Like, okay, fine. Like, you know, I'm not going to like it. This is where Ryan's um, capitalism breaks from the, um, the, the conservatism. This is where, this is where you're, well, this is, uh, it's an interesting libertarian issue you've got here. I'm because probably more got, of a libertarian. But you've got no, the money know. stuff going on. Yeah. Where you're like that, but you've also got the, oh, shouldn't I have personal freedoms for my own body? How are we? How are we squaring that circle? Then I got vaccinated as soon as I could. Like I, I, I get it. So yeah. so, but but you're you're clearly taking a branch off that path. You're taking the branch towards. I like. The, I like I'm not going to sacrifice the money. I'm not going to sacrifice Hell the money. Hell no! I would not sacrifice yeah, yeah. the money. I love it. Um, but Rolo looks like he's sacrificing the money. So this could be. This is conspiracy brain winning out over everything. This could be his final. When we preview the game, this could be his final game. Yeah. As the Washington State head coach. Yes. And I can assume he will not get a job in college sports. Ever I again. think he must want to be like a talking head on a news channel, like a commentator. Like own or something. Yeah. Not oh, like, yeah, yeah. Not even. Not like MSNBC. he's not even getting thrown on Fox News. No, this is going to the OANN. <laughs> uh, all right. So this was what else? What do I have for notes in this one? Okay. So this was, did you realize? I didn't realize this going in. Uh, the Cougs had beat the Beavs eight straight. This was the eighth straight time. Mm-hmm. How crazy is that? Um, 491 total yards of offense. That's the most we've seen under Nick Rolovich. So he's really trying to go out with a bang. I like that. Um, Delora, not quite as good of a game as USC. By the way, Keaton Slovis threw for over 400 yards. Did you know that in that game? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like 150. It was like in the fourth quarter when it didn't matter. Delora only had 399, but three touchdowns. Um, he was 10 of 10 with 45 seconds left in the third quarter. Pretty awesome. Uh, so they, they had four straight touchdown drives in the second half. So Oregon State could not stop them. Um, and then things turned around for Oregon State in the 
the first drive after halftime. So they had a fake punt that failed. I don't know if you saw that. And then Washington State went on that scoring run. So they tried a fake punt after halftime uh, with a lead. Didn't work. And Washington State just took the lead and never gave it back. So those are the notes I had from that one. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's see. So our number seven team, where is that? I got to find the button. Washington Huskies. <laughs> oh, rough, rough, rough. Uh, bye week. So good on them. Uh, our number six team, which is still kind of a baffling team. Stanford Cardinal. They were at our number one team. Sorry, Arizona State fans, because every time we put someone number one, they lose. But our number one team. Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> this game made me so angry to watch it. <laughs> This was not glorious. not by the result. Look, ASU, I'm happy. I'm happy that you won. Um, Stanford. I just want to make sure the stat is correct before I talk about it again. Uh, yeah, they drove into ASU's side of the field on all but one drive, where Tanner McKee threw a pick six. Right, ten of eleven drives, and they scored ten points. That's a point per drive in opponent's territory. Right? Are you? kidding me do you know who david shaw is you've it heard was, of him right it was like you incredible. know who the coach of stanford is they punted so many times <laughs> on asu's side of the field it was it was the quintessence of david shaw the apotheosis of david shaw i i i've never been more in awe of something in my entire life i was so furious this watching was... watching this also intensely boring football game. Like it, <laughs> it was, was intensely it was hardly, boring. Hard to watch. Um and I spent Friday night like at home just watching this and I felt I mean I, You I, felt bad about yourself. Like, what am I doing? Am I, I a pervert? What I am I just, doing? I could go to the local bar and just get a beer. Like I'm literally trying to do my job. I could and watch I this could game. do anything. I could develop alcoholism. <laughs> I could do whatever I want, but instead I'm watching this. Um <laughs> it was so bad. And like th- there were so many bad things about it. Like also was every single one of the uh, three interceptions Tanner McKee threw just some like banged off like three players and then fell into the hands of an ASU player? There was some. There was because it was just he I hadn't mean, thrown a pick yet. Yeah, and they were all required like some level of like tomfoolery to actually you know arrive those things, in an the, ASU the coin fan. flip things. Yeah, where the, why, why turnovers are just kind of luck based right. a lot. Like there was bad luck in most of those. Anyway, it was just uh, honestly, it was just so dreadful watching Stanford play offense in this game because they were driving it and then either David Shaw or uh, the football gods would take over and then it was over Uh, on the flip side ASU uh, I mean Jaden Daniels was fine he didn't really have to do much in this one because the run game was just awesome Uh, Rashad White was great Jaden Daniels was you know good on the ground um, and then Trainum was was good as well but um, just I mean mostly this was taking advantage of David Shaw making horrible uh, decisions on the uh, ASU side of the field. Uh, the off the defense playing pretty well for ASU once it got into, um, you know, relatively close territory and, um, and some gong show uh, interceptions. Yeah. Um, you want to get, I love when you get frustrated. If you, your levels were much higher during this segment than some of the others, uh, this was the one I got, the only game I got right. I was uh, so mad watching this game because <laughs> I, I think I knew how decisive it was going to be even at that point. Yeah. Like, because I knew, I, I just knew this was going to be a bad week. To, to make you even more mad, um, 
it's not just the punting, you know, like when you're going. Stanford was down to their third place kicker. Um, so, you know, in a situation like that, you like maybe you go for it a little bit more. Like, you, hey, we better score touchdowns because, like, even if we get into the field goal range, like we're down to our third string kicker. I think it was the punter was kicking. I don't know. Um, nope. Uh, this was – we've seen David Shaw, like the USC game, act like he wasn't David Shaw, take points off the board and go for it, not fourth and inches, fourth and three, and get a touchdown. Like this was much more the David Shaw we know and love where you can drive between the 30s and then everything after that is like, ooh, okay, let's punt from the 35, whatever we got to do. Uh, yeah, pretty awesome. Stanford had eight rushing yards in this one, like literally the worst rushing team in the conference. Like that's what it's come to. And for the whole, I still get people talk about, you still think Stanford's, but imagine what would Stanford be without Tanner McKee? Like they started the wrong quarterback. They bring him in. He's been really good. You know, um, without him, I don't think, I think they're still a pretty terrible team. They're, they're like eight or nine in our power rankings and not. And by the way, I feel bad calling these power rankings because what we're <laughs> ranking, like, I just feel like, the lack of strength does not, you know, we should not be associating these power <laughs> rankings. Like it just doesn't make much sense, but their lack of power. rankings. The, yeah. There's a lack of their powerless rankings, but I think Stafford would be further down without I McKee's mean, been like, I think the huge difference for them because they can't run the football. Like it's basically up to him to make uh, all these plays. And they got some dudes, you know, Kelly's a you know, stud corner and stuff, but I don't know. Uh, this one. Yeah. It was 21, seven and a half. So like, Stanford was just – I didn't think it was going to be I, – I thought Arizona State was going to cover, but then Arizona State sort of like turned – like once – Arizona State gets the 14-point lead and sort of like shut things down a little bit. So maybe Herm is not a one-score game now. Now he's a two-score guy. <laughs> Remember, because before we were like, if it's within seven, you're like – Oh, yeah, they wanted to win this by two scores. Yes. It was, was – Stanford screwed up by allowing them to score too much because yeah. I think – Herm got uncomfortable, I think, when it was like 21-10. Like he didn't want it to be any more than that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So that's all those punts. Oh my god, the drives like it was just unbelievable. Like how well Stanford moved the ball, and then just sort of like stopped, and then didn't. And knowing that, like after like drive six or seven, you're like, okay, we got to do something different to try to get a touchdown. No, or, sir. No, 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 no. Under no circumstances will we do anything different. <laughs> we should put. Um, so it, you know, that's the uh, the stubborn child brain, too. Oh, that's God. David Shaw. But, okay, so uh, that, like, well, we still have, so we had uh, five was Oregon State. We already talked about four was Utah. Three was UCLA. Our number uh, two team. Oregon Ducks. They're still looking their wounds from their loss uh, to Stanford a couple weeks ago. And then number one, as we mentioned, was Arizona State. Should we do some previews? I guess. This is crazy stuff. Uh, okay, we got five games this week in the Pac-12. Another Friday contest. Holy crap that we got to try to do better on our picks. But first game we're going to talk about. California Golden Bears. At the aforementioned. Oregon Ducks. All right. This game's on Friday. Uh, Cal going to number nine, Oregon. 730 ESPN. Oregon's a 13 and a half point favorite. Uh, Cal's terrible. Um, they're really bad. Uh, Oregon's, you know, theoretically pretty good. Um, it's a lot of points. 
but Cal's really bad. So I'm going to take Oregon. Um, I don't want to at some level. You know, I mean, they've got some familiarity with that Cal defense staff generally. I don't know, man. Can I give you, I'll give you a couple of stats here. Sure. All right, Cal on the seasons, two and three against the spread. Oregon is one and four. Uh, if you're our friends over at the, they do the beta rank stuff, um, they feel it should be a 10 point spread. Uh, but there's also a predictor website I was going to that like takes all the advanced stats in, and they feel like Oregon will cover the cover the the spread 57% of the time. So it depends what Oregon's been really bad against the numbers. So when we pick Oregon and they got to, you know, beat a team by a bunch of points, they typically haven't done it. So is that alter your decisions at all? Nope. Taking okay. Oregon. I'm going to take Oregon as well. <laughs> the main reason, um, I will, I just want to, I do want to go opposite, but the main reason is my buddy, Tim DeRuiter, who was basically shunned by Justin Wilcox and the uh, Cal staff there. Like he was demoted, even though he's a great defensive coordinator. I feel he's going to come out here and really shut down a bad Cal offense that got shut down by Washington state. Um, yeah, I think, I think this is going to be a personal thing for Tim DeRuiter. He's not like a mean guy or anything, but I feel like they're going to come ready to shut this pretty terrible offense down. So I hate Oregon trying to cover any kind of spread, but I think this is the week they get, they actually get a cover. Okay. That's my thought behind it. So I put, see, I put a lot of thought into it, which means this is the exact wrong thing to do. I'm I'm glad we're in agreement. I'm putting an extra thought and that that's like the exact opposite of what you should do. Okay. Uh, next up, Arizona Wildcats. They're going to go on the road to take on Colorado Buffalo. In the Pac-12 game of the century. <laughs> uh, 12.30 on the Pac-12 network. Uh, Arizona traveling to Boulder uh, to take on Colorado. Colorado's a seven-point favorite. Um, this joke gets made a lot. But it is the resistible force versus the movable object here. Yeah. Um, so Arizona without so Arizona with Jordan McLeod, I would take them no like 100%. not even a second thought about it. Oh I would have taken them to win the game. Arizona without Jordan McLeod, I got a glimpse of it at the end of that game, and holy shit, dudes! Like I, I mean, Gunner Cruz can't play, um, and I, they they're gonna go with him. Colorado's defense is the only good part of that team, but it is decent. Um, I'm really worried about Arizona scoring points in this game. On the flip side, can Colorado score points? <laughs> um, Seven's a lot. Seven is a lot. They failed to score that in games. Right. Um, or scored exactly that. But I also just got a glimpse of Arizona's run defense um, against UCLA, and it was really bad. Um I think this could end up being one of those inexplicable games where like Colorado blows them out, like just wins by 28 um, because Arizona just has absolutely nothing they can do on offense. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to take Colorado minus seven. Okay. So this is pretty much a coin flip for me. So you're going to take Colorado. I think I'm just going to take Arizona because I want to go opposite you just because fair enough. Yeah. Um, I just want to do it. Cause I mean, I don't, I have no freaking clue what's going to happen. Arizona is two and three against the spread. Uh, Colorado again, one and four. They've been pretty bad uh, covering the spread. Um, Beta rank has this is basically a coin flip. I think Colorado's favored by like a 
fraction of a point. So that's a good thing. But the predictor page had 52% for a cover. So pretty coin flippy there. So give me the seven points. I don't know what the hell is going to happen. Like Arizona might come out and Gunnar Cruz looks, you know, maybe they bench him and some walk-on safety comes in and does well. I, I Who knows? Or they start running the wishbone. With Joiner, Joiner would be good. Oh, he could do that. Yeah. Oh, he threw a touchdown pass. He did. He? And um, it looked okay. Yeah, maybe he starts. Like, there's too many points for two horrible, horrible, horrible teams. I look back last week, it was UMass and UConn, and like UConn was favored by a little, and uh, UMass won the game like handily. I'm feeling the little vibes from that. So going. I just I just watched Gunnar Cruz throw passes. <laughs> okay, that's but, why I am picking Colorado. And one of the things I think I did this a year or two ago, where you sort of switch of like, okay, how am I picking games? The only thing I'm going to do is ignore everything that happened last week. So forget what happened last week and just look at the previous for whatever reason. Like that seems like because if you just did that for Stanford, you'd be great. Like, cause every week Stanford's like, Oh good. Oh shit. Oh good. Oh shit. Um, so just, <laughs> if you just forget what happened last week, you have to get off of that train. We've actually like, got a classic one of those next week, <laughs> our next, next game that we're going to preview. Yes. Um, but like, so you're like, I saw him last week. It doesn't matter. That happened last week. That, that has no bearing. It's going to be the opposite of what you saw last week. So <laughs> yesterday I'm, is dead. <laughs> do not. You can look at two days ago, but don't look at yesterday is what that's my theory going forward. Okay, uh, next up, we got Stanford Cardinal. And they're going to be on the road taking on Washington State Cougars. I gave them the good sound because they won a couple, right? This is a 430 game on ESPNU. Stanford on the road at Washington State. Both teams three and three. Uh, Stanford's a one and a half point road favorite Mm. over the fighting Cougs. Now... If you're going on your theory, we should be picking Stanford here. If we're looking at because they kind of had a butt week last week, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Stanford um, was David Shawed in an extreme way against ASU. Not so much that they would have won the game, but enough that they would have covered against ASU. And ASU looks like a pretty good team. I don't know, man. I mean, Stanford can't run the ball on anybody, and it looked like Washington State's run defense was maybe the uh, strength of uh, of or the, maybe the run defense was the weakness. But Stanford can't really run the ball. I don't know. Um, one and a half points. Hmm. Oh, that's just asking me who's going to win the game, and I have no friggin' idea who's going to win this game. Um. I'm going to go back to Stanford being butt. Give me Washington State. Oh, okay. God, maybe I should switch mine. Uh, I was going to go Washington State, too. Both teams are 3-3 three and three against the spread this year. The predictor is pretty, it's like 48% that Washington State covers. Um, but beta rank, so if you want to use that advanced stat thing, so it's similar to like SP+, but it's like a different formula. Um, they have Washington State as like a 5.5-point favorite in this one. Yeah. So I was like, eh, okay, I'm getting a point and a half. Some advanced model thinks that they're going to win by like a touchdown. Like, all right, I'll take that or almost a touchdown. Um, yeah, but I kind of want to just pick opposite of you. I get and it. My, and my opposite. Oh. Do it. Should I switch? Pick Stanford. Stanford it is. Let's go. I'll switch. Um, yeah, so this is good, though, because all my logic pointed to Washington State. Here's all the reasons why. Uh-huh. So don't do that. Right. I love it. I think that's smart. I love it. Plus, by every other week theory, mm-hmm. Stanford comes out and uh, 
The only issue is like the emotional factor, knowing that they're playing for Rolovich's last game, like his last time as the coach <laughs> of Washington State. <laughs> like this literally will be the last game he coaches at Washington State. Very likely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, we have UCLA Bruins. They are on the road, taking on Washington Huskies. <laughs> This is a 5.30 game on Big Fox. UCLA traveling to Seattle to take on Washington. Washington is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. You know, I was looking at some stats um, on Twitter uh, this week. Here are uh, UCLA's wins this year. They've beaten the number 109, number 90, number 89, and number 58 teams in the SP Plus this year. Their losses are to the number 12 and number 40 teams. Washington is number 54. If UCLA beats Washington, that would be their best win of the year. Huh. So, question is... So Fresno State... They're somewhere oh, no, in the Fre- middle. They're somewhere okay. in the, so, Washington's in the middle between Fresno State and... Uh, oh, no, but Fresno State, they lost. It. Yeah, yeah, they lost. <laughs> um, so, this would be uh, their best win of the season. Um, Washington, uh, their offense is terrible, but it's shown signs of not being so, unlike some other offenses we could name, like Colorado, Arizona. Right. Uh, Washington's at times has looked okay. They pulled a McGrew out of their pocket. And right. They, they can the they can do the occasional thing. Um, UCLA's secondary cannot do anything. Um, they cannot do the occasional thing. Uh, if Washington is able to hit a couple of intermediate passes, they could go a very long way. Uh, in the last game, UCLA kind of backed off of its pressure approach, and it went to more of a drop seven, drop eight type thing, which is probably the move, but also looks really leaky and weak because um, they're not designed to do it. Um, they're not designed to play a bunch of zone and just sit around. Um, they don't have the linebackers for it. They don't have the secondary for it. So I guess what I'm saying is um, they're in the middle of workshopping some stuff. Washington's offense has at times looked okay. So I could actually see them scoring some points. And then Washington's defense is actually pretty good. Um, you know, all things considered, it's not, I think it's the best, might be the best pass defense, right? Or it's up there. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. It's not top tier in the, in, uh, in Washington's recent history, but it's, it's good. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm taking Washington. Awesome. Okay. Uh, well, and the, I'll just take UCLA cause why the hell not? Uh, I got to go opposite you, but, uh, UCLA four and two against the spread this year, this, this year, that's pretty good. Washington one and four. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Beta Rank has Washington as a four-point favorite in this one instead of one and a half. And the predictor, though, the predictor says 46% that Washington would cover. So that, that's the more in the UCLA favor. But because you picked Washington, I'm going to pick UCLA. Cause, okay, great. Because I don't think you're good at this. I'm loving this. <laughs> Which one of us is ahead on the season? Oh, uh, You're a one game, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One game. We're both woefully under 500, which is good. Uh, no, I just, I want to have some fun this week. I pull out a bunch I of numbers that go opposite great. what the numbers say or whatever. I think it's awesome. Okay. Uh, last game we got Arizona state sun devils. <laughs> They're going on the road to take on Utah Utes. would normally be the top game. At, you know, Arizona, Colorado, obviously, obviously the- but this normally in a normal week, this would be the best game. You mean the game between the two obvious, like remaining South contenders, the, the, te- the teams that we know the most about playing each other, like that's what you came to see. Like we right. know the most about Arizona, it's Arizona and Colorado. And Colorado. Yes. Yeah. We know a lot about those teams. <laughs> a lot of things we don't wish to know. We know. 
Uh, this is on at 7 p.m. ESPN, uh, number 18 ASU, going to Utah. Uh, it's an even line. No favorites. I had a one-pointer. Okay. So no, it is now even. Okay. So it's a pick em, baby. So, all right. Uh, Utah looked good last week against USC. Uh, ASU looked good last week against Stanford. Um, Utah does have a rushing attack. Um, ASU has a pretty good run defense. Um, Utah, it's basically going to be a question of, is Cam rising for real? Is that passing game for real? Um, And will they be able to get anything offensively against what is turning out to be a pretty good ASU defense? Um, Utah's defense on its own is also decent. Um, ASU's uh, run game has some elite qualities to it. Uh, Jaden Daniels has looked better of late um, in the last couple of games. Uh, wasn't throwing it great against Stanford, but ran the ball really well. Um, so really what we have for Utah is, let's look at their season. Um, so they beat Weber State to start the year. They had the miserable game against BYU. Then they lost on the road to San Diego State, where they didn't look awful. And when Cam Risen took over, they looked better. And then they looked fine against Washington State. That was like kind of the weird game where they probably should have won by more. And then they blew out USC on the road last week. Um, it's a big spot. Um, Utah is riding a little bit of an emotional wave um, with, you know, just kind of everything that's gone on um, with that I think program. the whole team had to fly to Texas for the funeral yeah, too, um, this week. I believe that's happened or it did happen or is going to. Yeah. And uh, ASU... Um, it's just really good. You know, they've got a good offense and they've got a good defense and it's a rare combination in the PAC 12 this year. So with all those things, I'm just going to take the home team. Give me Utah. All right. Uh, I already wrote down ASU for myself. Hell yeah. So So we are picking different on how many games. Okay. We have, uh, on four of the five, we pick differently. Hell yeah. We agree on Oregon. Um, Arizona state's three and three against the spread. Utah's one and four. Another, just woeful team covering the spread. Uh, Beta Rank has Arizona State as a three and a half, a three and a half point favorite, basically, and fifty three percent Arizona State covers according to the predictor. So little numbers in my place, plus going opposite you. So I got numbers in my favor, and you've I get got to pick s- such an advantage. Yeah, this one's. A, I mean, that's a lock. I just write. I just write it down now. Yeah, you should actually just bold it right yeah. now. Uh, perfect. Okay, so those are our picks against the spread. I'm trying to mix it up a little bit. Um, and we'll see what happens. All right, why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back and answer questions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. All righty, we're back on the podcast of champions. Put your money in to your bookies. If you've been following our advice so far, you probably was a very bad idea. You should be leaving reviews so you can get that hundred dollar gift card right. to like make up for some of the off the offset some of the losses you've had uh, gambling with our picks. But uh, I have a good feeling this week. Um, it usually starts out like I had a good feeling this past week when I was one and zero, and then I've done that. One many of times. us will have a very good week. We can say that definitively. I can almost guarantee it's going to be we're three, go, two, gonna, two, three. We're yeah. going to each finish. <laughs> I think it's going to be three, two, two. Like, yeah. Like, I don't think it could be an 0-4 because someone would have to have be a really good record. I don't think either one of us is gonna, capable of getting a really good record. So no. that means it's going to be three, two, two, three. Yeah, absolutely. Which, you know, probably will happen. Uh, we have a voicemail. Let me play this one for you to start. Love it. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Perk. Um, I guess barring any... You know, unforeseen weird changes. Looks like Oregon State uh, should have a pretty good finish this season this year and, and hopefully a winning season. And so I was wondering, um, do you think this is the year where um, their recruiting classes start to take a different shape, where they're getting more high school recruits uh, than they are transfers into their recruiting classes? Um, and I was also wondering, if it doesn't happen this year, when do you foresee it happening? Um, and should it be a concern for, for Oregon State fans if, it continues to be uh, the bulk, the recruiting class continues to be a bulk of transfers instead of high school recruits. Thanks, guys. That's a good question. I think, I mean, they've had success with transfers. I think, if anything, you can become more of a um, a destination as far as transfers go. People can, you know, hey, there's a reason to come to Oregon State. You can come and win. But you do want to build that up with, you know, better high school recruiting. Um, I think making a bowl game would be a big deal, and I think that would help. So I, I, I think it's you know I don't think they're going to abandon the transfer portal, but um, I think you get a certainly a higher quality of high school recruits coming in too. Yeah, I mean I think uh, that program historically has built a lot on the transfer market, so I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. But yeah, I mean I think with that program you've got to be really good at you got to be top notch at your evaluations and make sure that you're getting guys like you know. Brandon Cooks, you know that was a guy that they out evaluated everyone for, um, and pulled. I mean, BJ Baylor, they I yeah, mean, they he's he's someone that had like well, I think we talked about like Furman or some offer yeah. like that, like, and, and that's what you've got to do. I mean, there's got to be a steady group of those guys, but I don't think at Oregon State you're ever going to be pulling like just like consistent like top tier four stars. I think they've got to be the out evaluation program, and then I think they've created a system, especially in that run game. Um, where I think it should be an attractive destination to transfer running backs and transfer offensive linemen too. Um, so I don't know. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, it, it appears to be working and I wouldn't break it. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think our first one's the Washington pass defense. Um, this where is, is that? Huh? Oh, I got it. Uh, Washington pass defense, Ryan and David was listening to another Pac-12 podcast. Is there another Pac-12 podcast? Uh, you referenced a few earlier, but I think I that was just you being demented. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, no, we sent uh, Avery. I sent her uh, 
the gift card. Uh huh. She got she got that for pretty. She had a couple good predictions. They 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 cover the Big Twelve, right? It's a it's truck. Like it's that. a truck yeah. stops podcast. It's, yeah, <laughs> they they do a lot of truck stopping. Yeah, uh, but that's basketball reference, right? Like I don't even know what that is. It's like a, it's you, no truck stops here. Yeah, but that's that's Bill Walton. Yeah, but I, it's but it's not just a basketball reference, just because Bill Walton's saying it. To me, that's a basketball. Reference. No, it's a reference to the league. You know, we don't have truck stops here. It's not like the Big Ten, Indiana. That's all truck stops. All right. Is like Pullman not a truck stop? Or look, don't get into the details. <laughs> okay. Uh, I do love Pullman. Though. I was listening to another Pac-12 podcast, and the hosts wanted to only discuss how bad Washington was after losing to Oregon State, all while giving up 48 passing yards. After looking at stats from when Michigan beat Washington, the defense only gave up 50 passing yards. And also seven completions. Is the 48 passing yards something that should be credited to the Washington defense? Or should Oregon State be worried about the passing game? I think this was sent in before the Oregon State poor passing game. Yeah, Oregon State <laughs> should maybe be worried about its passing game. Um, maybe Chance Nolan is not the next. Um, who's a good Oregon State quarterback? Jonathan Smith? or Yeah, I guess so. Jake Luton or whatever. The next Jake Luton? The next Matt Moore? Um so, yeah, and, and but we talked. I mean, Washington Washington has one of the best pass defenses in the conference, right? So, I mean, they they proved to be able to do that well. They do other things poorly, but they do that pretty well. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks for that one. I don't know. They didn't sign it, but all right. This is from Eric Puns. You said in your last episode that puns are the lowest form of humor, and you'd be right. But this is the Pac-12, so I'd argue that puns are the most appropriate forms of humor for this conference. Or maybe something nihilist and or existential, like Cristobal and Shaw in the fourth quarter. Nice, Eric. Fair enough. I like that. Uh, Eric writes some good emails to us. Uh, let's see. Oh. Uh, yeah, not that. Uh, Eteocles? Eteocles and a Polynices. Eteocles and Polynices. Okay, that's from Hithliday. Uh Last week you wondered aloud how i might feel about you i can sincerely say that you boys are an inspiration to me you provide a weekly reminder of why it's so vital for a writer to value hard work objectivity careful reasoning and most of all mastery of the language who is a better quarterback dorian thompson robbins robinson or keaton slovis what do you think i mean jesus christ i know because like dtr can't really throw the ball right now but sometimes he can. But, but he can sometimes. <laughs> Keaton Slovis is like a average thrower all the time. Yeah. Cannot run the ball at all. No. Give me Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yeah, I can go with that. Like, and, and if you asked me two years ago, it's Slovis. But like, he's, yeah, no, but he's been he's been he's uh, regressed. The, the fingers of Graham Harrell have been all over him. <laughs> they massaged the, yes. They massaged his flesh. Yes, into he, like he's, a he's, soft... he's 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 gone further and further away from Kurt Warner, and that has uh, that has tainted him. Um, uh, Paul and Isis, who who are these goddesses or gods? The, these were the uh, the the sons of Oedipus. Oh, uh, okay. And they were I don't know cursed. I don't know if we are the sons of Oedipus here or if uh, Keaton Slovis and uh, and Dorian Thompson Robinson are. I think they are. He was just taking the shot at us first, but maybe not. Maybe we are the sons of Oedipus as well. Yeah, it's really funny. Uh, I think personally, as a as a as a personal person, for somebody who is um, maybe the most aggressive organ homer I've ever experienced, uh, talking about objectivity. Is he really? Yeah, but he he tries to couch it by like, oh, I look at the film. 
But it's just like the film is always telling him very interesting things about Oregon superiority to basically every other school. Ah. It's really neat. I like it. Nice. You know, just... Oh, Why is he like a mystery person? Like what? Like I don't know. He probably has some like dull job that he doesn't want to share with anybody. Oh, you know, like we all do. Um, also, just like an aside, objectivity not possible. Nobody's objective. Mm. It's all subjective. You got to own your subjectivity. That's the um, that's the that's the goal here. Hey, well, a little little Pac twelve, maybe objectivity news. Uh, you know, like Jockey sent us a whole bunch of those little um, briefs. The little keychain briefs, you know, different colors. Someone wanted me to send one, like some Oregon fan wanted me to send him an Oregon colored one. I was like, that's a real pain in the butt to like mail something like that. But he was like, I'll get you. Know, like he said he was going to do give us like Hitler days, like a, a picture of him or so. I forget what it was or something, but no one ever delivered that. But I brought him to the, the tailgate. I did the USC Utah uh-huh. game. A lot of fans came by. They were taking the different cut. Like they, you know, all my wife's an Oregon State fan or whatever. So they were taking like, uh, we give a whole bunch of those keychains away at the at the tailgate. But, you know, the ASU and the USC one looked pretty similar. Uh, and they're not marked. So you just have to know what your colors are. But a lot of people took the, the many different colors through the Pac-12. So it was kind of nice that people were, uh, you know, sometimes they used them a little beer koozie too. It doesn't cover up much, but that was work. But they, they liked the, uh, the, the jockey gift card. I mean, uh, keychains. Beautiful. Love it. All right, this is uh, Kyle in Carlsbad, California. Uh, Clay Helton's UCLA comparable. Uh, Regarding last week's discussion about where Clay Helton would rank among UCLA head coaches if he had the same record in blue and gold, I'm not sure if he would be top five, but I think the right comp is Bob Toledo. One conference championship, one Rose Bowl, and one Cotton Bowl with a one-and-one record in those games, with both losing the bowl game played during their conference winning season. Helton's Rose Bowl win came in a season USC was third in the Pac-12. Not sure Toledo would be top five either, with all things considered. Enjoy the show, guys. Kyle in Carlsbad. I actually looked this. I, I tried to get this right, and I, I do think they they are both like right at the borderline. They really? would be top five, but probably fifth. Okay. Um, and Bob Toledo is definitely the comp. Like, had an elite season. I mean, Bob Toledo actually had two that were really good, um, but then just kind of petered out and was really bad at the end. Um. Hmm. So that is probably the comp for Clay Helton. I, I mean, Toledo to me was always just fun. Like that, like I thought that was good. Like you wanted a fun brand of football, and he just seemed like it was, it was fun to watch. You know, I would say that's not the comparison with USC. That was sort of just like. No, I think I think um, stylistically or um, feeling wise, no. But like from a pure record standpoint, yeah. and like the like ebbs and flows of it. Because Bob's Bob Toledo's best seasons came pretty early in his tenure. Um, same with Helton. I mean, it was literally his was it his first re- major regular season where they won the Rose the Bowl. The Rose Bowl, yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, so you know, somewhat similar. Uh, good stuff there. I like it. So is is Clay Helton a possibility? Like he's you know, if they fired Chip Kelly, could you would you want to hire a top five coach in all time UCLA history and Clay Helton? Like, would that be a possibility? I'm gonna hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like i'm just saying that bluntly it's gotta gotcha. happen all right uh this is from shane we love shane uh what is more likely the pac-12 south so thanks for uh ranking the north edition last week here are the five more focused on the south so one usc hires chip kelly from ucla uh two arizona state loses a territorial cup and COVID restrictions get Herm fired. 
Three, USC lets every opponent score 40-plus points at home. Four, the only conference win Colorado or Arizona get is when they play each other. And five, Utah goes undefeated the rest of the season. Okay. Some shame. So four is number the most likely. Uh, which was four? The only conference was... win for Colorado or Arizona is when they play each other. Obviously. Okay, yeah, so, that's so that's number one. Number one, duh. Like, okay. It's, it's, a, it's another category. Here's who USC has at home the rest of the way and why that is also very unlikely. Uh, they have Arizona. Yeah. Arizona's not scoring 40-plus against USC. Okay, so that's, so that, the uh, least... that's the least likely just because of that. Okay. Um, Probably right. Chip Kelly. Like the, the That's Chip... fourth yeah. on the least likely. Okay. okay, what does Utah have left? Let me see. So they've got ASU. That'll be a tough one. They've got at Oregon State. That'll be another tough one. They've got UCLA. They've got at Stanford. They've got at Arizona. They've got Oregon and Colorado. So yeah. they have seven more games, which by itself... Third, that's third. That might even no, that's probably third, but it's it's a pretty big distance between two and three. I would yeah, say, yeah, yeah. Three, four, and five are like no. So, what is two? Two is Arizona State loses, loses the, territory. the territorial cup yeah. and COVID restrictions get Herm fired, which is I think it's unlikely. Like, part of that is definitely part of that is very unlikely, and which part is of it's very likely. The territorial cup, <laughs> right? The other part's very likely, yeah. But so, there's one thing that's like almost assuredly will happen which is colorado and arizona they only get their one conference win there's one thing that half of it is likely to happen half of it very likely not to happen and that's clearly the number two in this right and then there's a huge chasm and then there's three four and five correct those things are not going to happen yes so yeah so shane not your best we need to workshop that yeah because it's literally just like three of them almost exactly the same Uh, this is hard oh god we have to think of people and stuff (laughs) alex and arcadia Tell us your picks for the following. Best offensive player, best defensive player, most fun team to watch, least fun team to watch, best coach, worst coach, MVP of the league. I'll just let you get after it. All right, so best offensive player, Drake London. Drake London. Probably go Devin Lloyd, Utah linebacker. Sure. You you don't care? (laughs) I mean, Kelly, the dude from... Caillou Blue Kelly. Great. You want him? Yeah. Okay. What the hell? (laughs) You don't care at all. Don't care. Uh... (laughs) Most fun team to watch? Is there a fun team to watch in this league? Okay. I mean, Oregon State. Oregon State is where I would have gone. Least fun team to watch Even is Colorado. The... Maybe Arizona. Mm, I think Colorado. I think... Colorado because the offense is so inept and it's giving me like like really not good feelings and memories of UCLA. Arizona had like you thought about like Oh my, like they, they actually, oh no. You know, like there's, yeah. there's been some, like there's, you don't watch Colorado and go, you know, just another half hour. This is going to get better. You know, like there's, there was chances with that Arizona McLeod gets hurt and that sort of goes, goes away. So I think Colorado's the, the Carl Durrell factor to me. Yeah. Uh, best coach. You could go Jonathan Smith, even though, I mean, just like what he's done with. Yeah, I'll with go John that, Smith. With, That's fine. With that group. Um, I don't know who else you would go with. Like what Herman? I don't think you can. Like he could be fired any day <laughs> for cause. <laughs> like, um, worst coach. This is there's a lot of contenders. Yeah, there's like a eight. You've got the guy. You've got the guy who wants to get fired in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Nick Rolovich. Like Rolovich just 
Yeah. You've got the guy who's in the same state who's trying to, um, in like two, maybe three years, destroy everything that Chris Peterson built. Run the damn ball. Right. Um, you've got Mario Cristobal, who, like, they yeah, they're, they've lost one game. Like, I can't, a, he's not in that a, category. They got a lot of talent, though. Um, they're, he's definitely squandering the, I mean, you already had Clay Hilton fired. Like, you've got, all right, so David Shaw not on the list this year because, you know, whatever. They're winning a few games. I mean, they 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 moved the ball well last week. But they, like, they went into opponents' territory ten out of eleven drives. Is that crazy? Justin Wilcox they must have scored Justin, fifty points. Justin Wilcox broke the Cal defense. It's no longer good. Well, Wilcox has to be in that group because, and he hired Bill Musgrave. Yeah, like some of the assistant coaching changes don't appear to be uh, yeah. fruitful. And like then they, you got my man Carl at Colorado, who I think is going to be the winner here. I feel like the pandemic season was good for him because he didn't get his hands all over the offense. But now it's just he's, and now it's, he's touched yeah. everything. And it's, it's just it's infected. It's like the <laughs> body paint, like it's just he's embraced the offense. Yeah. It's just he's all, he's become a part of it. Yeah, no, it's and be, it's drugged down like it's it's like an it's, anchor. It's not good. In Boulder. Yeah, it's a it's an anchor, like from Vanderbilt. Commodores. Love it. Um, um and then you've got uh, Jed Fish, who eh, I'm not going to judge him. That nah, I think it's too early. One. Although so. he did call those timeouts, which really makes me mad. Carl's the winner, but there are a lot of contenders. Yeah. Um, and then MVP of the league. So it depends how you want to define. Easy. Jordan McLeod. <laughs> I, I could go. You could chase Garber with us. You could do a Tanner McKee. Like, he, like, literally, I think they would be awful without him. Yeah, I, I could buy that. Uh, I mean... London's the best player. Yeah. But is he like their team's no. three and three? So it's like, is that, does that make you an MVP? I mean, Jane Daniels, um, you know, Rashad White. He's been good. <laughs> yeah. How do you do it for running? I don't know if you can do a running back. I'm going to go Jordan McLeod. That's my pick. Okay. <laughs> nice. I'll go McKee. Uh, thanks right. from Alex. Oh, that, no. Did you read this one? I read me? that. Oh. Thanks from Alex and Arcadia. There you go. I don't want to steal your line. Yeah, I already said it. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Trojan Charity from Dev Null. That just seems weird. Uh, okay. It's been a grueling year and a half for everyone. We've all had our share of difficulties, and we could all use a win, which is why USC started a tradition of generously <laughs> donating 40 points to those in need this season. Might such philanthropy spell their doom? The Trojans need three more wins to become bowl eligible. I see Arizona's Cal as being... Comfortable wins. Mm, I wouldn't go so sure. <laughs> and which of the remaining games do you think they would be favored? How likely is it they they miss a bowl game this year? I still think they've been. A f- I think they were favored in all the games. I don't think there was a game they weren't favored. Let me pull that up real quick. Um, was there a game that USC wasn't favored in? Like they were. Yeah, they're favored in every game. Uh, the closest one was Utah's three point spread. So like. <laughs> <laughs> like okay. Like, All right. So they're, they're not, probably going to be favored in the rest of them. Who they're knows? not going to be favored over Notre Dame. Okay. No, they they won't will be favored, be favored against Arizona. They won't be favored against ASU because that's on the road. Yeah. They will be favored against Cal. Yeah. Uh, I think UCLA will be close to a pick'em. And then BYU depends on what they do. That's at home too. Yeah, it could be close to a pick'em. So even as poorly as they are, like they're still going to get the better. They're going to be. They're going to be favored or pick'em in three of their remaining six. Yeah. Maybe no, four. no, no. Maybe four. They'll be favored in three and pick them in like two. Well, no. So they'll be, 
Favored for oh. sure against Arizona. They'll be favored for sure against Cal. So okay. that's two favored. And then UCLA and BYU will probably both be near Pickums. Okay. And, and then it's ASU and Notre Dame where they'll be obvious dogs. But, like, I bet you ASU is going to be, like, three points or four points or something. As it stands right now, I think they would be something like touchdown dogs. Okay. That's um, not, and that, that's they'll probably be, like, ten like ten points to Notre Dame maybe or something. Something I, like that. Notre Dame's not great. Yeah, they might be seven. Um, I mean, Arizona coming to the Coliseum, like, that could get them right. That 40-point donation <laughs> could happen, you know? Uh, um, they almost the, beat the, the USC one, last the, year. The one I would be circling if I'm USC is at Cal. Like, because that one could get weird. Because Cal, like, at times this year, their offense has actually been okay. It's their defense that's awful. Um, you could talk me into that? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, who the hell knows? But the the next game after the bye week is at Notre Dame. And then you're going to be three and four. And at that point, you start mailing it in. Do the players, where do you stand on this? Like, if it's like, a, this is basically USC's administration, like fires a coach after two games. Yes, you'd want to make some sort of run, but they're not. It becomes a throwaway season. As a player, like if you're Drake London, you got some records and stuff to break. You have postseason awards. But if he felt like, you know what, I'm just going to get ready for the draft. And there was like three or four games left, shuts it down. Where do you stay? Like, I wouldn't blame a player if they want to shut it down. Where there's basically when the adults have failed you and like, Poor decisions were made by coaches, by athletic directors, and someone's fired, and now you're playing out the string of this you know, for three months. And if a player doesn't want to go through that, I have no issue if they want to like shut it down. Where do you stand on that if a player was just going to say, like, you know what, I'm going to like go get ready for the draft? Oh, absolutely, and they should. Um, but I will say this. It will be so funny if USC makes a bowl game, like the LA Bowl or something. Nobody plays in it. And then they just get like absolutely mollywopped by whatever team comes out of the mountain west like just crushed like what what is that the mountain west champion that plays in that game there, i think the la bowl could be like a sec team sometimes too i thought isn't not it? this year this year it's mountain west this year it's mountain west that would be the only thing like do you even want to play a ball game like you all your focus is going to be on hiring the next coach i know but if it's the la bowl you might want to play in the first one because it'd be funny and, and it's and, local. You and, don't have to like do anything. And getting murdered by whatever team comes out of the Mountain West. You don't have to do really anything because it's local. But yeah, no, I mean, yeah. But t- players could opt out too. I'm excited for six and six USC just getting murdered in the LA Bowl. I think six and six is very likely to happen. So yeah. I think I think they're going to make a bowl game. Cool. Uh, thanks, Devnell. All right. Then next up, we've got Trevor from Seattle. Chip. I know it is in vogue nowadays to hate on Chip Kelly, and as a UCLA diehard, I am certainly disappointed in his performance as our football coach. However, I'm very concerned about pulling an Alford and firing him without having a clear idea of who would be a better hire. With what appears to be a glut of attractive coaching jobs available and a scarce amount of elite coaching talent to draw from, what is UCLA's best option? Brent Brennan? Jeff Halfley? Would UCLA be better served doing a short extension for Chip with a smaller buyout and get back into the market a year or so if the horrors continue? Wouldn't that be better than a whole new nightmare era? Um, I would like to make an aside before I answer this question. Um, horrors should be outlawed as a word that you have to say out loud. It's hard. It's hard, <laughs> mostly because if you don't say it right, it sounds like whores. Yeah. <laughs> I had an old boss who was talking about Halloween one year, 
and was, um, I guess it was one of those moments where you were searching for a word and you couldn't find the right word, and she was looking for haunted houses, but she instead said, are you taking your kids to any horror houses? But she said, horror houses, and um, it sounded like if I was taking my kids to horror houses. So, nice. Anyway. Um, Which you did not do, I assume. I didn't do it. Um, Good. That day, usually they have childcare though, like right? Just in, yeah, know. yeah. No, they've got a play area, a play area for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, so this question, uh, Trevor, I'm glad you asked it because this is. Um, I think it's. So I I I understand what you're saying, um, but I generally find it to be an unmoving argument, um, mostly because. Uh, UCLA, um, as it currently stands, I I don't know if they're going to be able to pull what they just did with Chip Kelly, which was hire the hottest coach on the market. It sort it sort of turned out that way for a variety of reasons. Um, but frankly, UCLA should be um, approaching this next hire with a different set of criteria. They should be looking at um, you know uh, hungry types, up and coming types, um, guys who want the job and want to actually win at UCLA rather than, you know, treat it as some experimental lab or as something that's like a, you know, you know, don't do what, uh, say Arizona did when they hired Kevin Sumlin uh, or what UCLA did when they hired Chip Kelly, which is hiring a guy who had already kind of failed somewhere else. Um, I think UCLA is not going to be the school that Luke Fickle picks. They're not going to be the school that, um, Matt Campbell picks, um, and I think that's for a variety of reasons and not necessarily the strength or weakness of the job, but, um, right now, uh, and we'll see how the rest of the year goes, but right now it's not looking good for Chip Kelly. Um, and this was supposed to be his big year, um, keeping him around for another year that further tanks season ticket sales, because you're creating essentially a dead man walking season, um, for no real purpose because he's already built towards this year. And they're currently four and two, um, which is about where everyone expected them to be. And staring down uh, a three-game stretch here that could result in, at the end of it, they're four and five. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I mean, we still have a lot of season left to see. Um, if he finishes the year five and one in the final six or something like that, then obviously you keep him and you give him a big extension. Um, but if it's, you know, as a lot of people would suspect, uh, three and three. And you can't keep them. I mean, you just can't because um, you're then saying, uh, I don't know, that being below Rick Neuheisel through four years is good enough just because your name's Trip Kelly. No, that doesn't make sense. I mean, don't be smirch, my buddy Rick. Uh, Brent Brennan was a big hot name. San Jose State's kind of fallen off. Uh, they lost to, um, what's it called? They lost to Colorado State. And like Colorado State got, got beat by Vanderbilt, who loses to everybody. They got beat by South Dakota State. Um, they got then, beat by USC at the Coliseum. Yeah, they're the only team that didn't go crazy against USC. Uh, but they, they lost to Western Michigan badly. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. They've fallen off a little bit. But he's still a really good coach. But like, What makes you say that? He had a great season last year. Okay. <laughs> He's likely a good coach. Um, we'll see. This might be a, just a weird 
Uh, kind of year for him. I He's definitely him. a coach. He's definitely he a, a football coach. coach. But like, go get a Jonathan Smith, something like that. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think you you kick the tires on stuff like that. But I mean, I think there's enough out there that, um, well, I mean, put it very simply, there's a lot out there that's better than Chip Kelly. So go get one of those guys. Yeah, because you can't go forever just um with something that's mediocre because it'll it tanks your program. Um, keeping around, keeping Carl Durrell around for you know probably three full years after he should have been fired, um, like because it was obvious that one wasn't working after two years. Yeah. Um, keeping Rick Neuheisel around for an extra year probably did some damage to your program. Keeping Jim Mora around for an extra year probably did some damage to your program. Like proactive decisions. Gotcha. Um, and uh, keeping Chip Kelly around for a fifth year where he's an obvious lame duck would be uh, damaging to the program. Just uh, this for our, our listeners here. Because uh, I'm about to read the last question, and none of them were novels. Like, we had tight, reasonable questions the entire show. Um, this. Forgot to do that. That, that's for our picks because our picks were pretty bad. But um, thank you to all the listeners. Wait, wait, we have another question. I know. I'm going to read. It. I'm just saying. Like, oh my god, you're doing all this beforehand. We got to the last one, and I'm like, it's short. Like, wow. Yeah, I'm just. I was impressed. I was like, where's the the novel? Like, right. So because you're sometimes you're like, I click next. I'm like, oh, do I? Oh, a short one. Cool. Oh, the next one's long. Dave gets that one. You yeah, know, yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. But they're all very good. Uh, this is from Kevin. Oregon State defense. Many said that Tibisar's seat was cooling down when the Beavers were 4-1. and one. Uh, He has been the defensive coordinator for four years now at Oregon State and has appeared to have shown his inability to make defensive adjustments during a game. The Beavers' defense is ranked towards the bottom of the conference for most defensive categories and has shown promise, but with no consistency on scheme. The loss to Washington State showed that that he schemed a soft zone coverage type defense and it was not working to stop them from converting on third downs. The Smith and the Beavers need to part ways with Tibisar after the current season, very respectively, Kevin. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, most of that staff, they've stayed together, right? Like the whole, like the coordinators and uh, Smith have all been their fourth year. They've all come together. So. Yeah, and I think there is some value in continuity of staff. I think when you get into the habit of just kind of switching guys around a lot, um, but their defense has been bad. Um, and what was it? Was it two years ago where it was expected to be um, decent to good and it ended up not being? Uh, it might. Yeah, it might have been two years when ago. When it was Hamilcar, Rashid, and... Uh, yeah, they had, they've had some stars, like especially linebackers and stuff. They've had guys that like led the... League and sacks, or get a lot of tackles for loss, kind of stuff. Yeah, because it's now been like four years of pretty bad defenses. So I think it would be justified um, to make a change at defensive coordinator um, because there are ways to scheme around like some lack of talent. I mean, as Washington State has shown over the years when they've had the occasional good defense, um, you know, it, it, you don't need, you don't always need a ton of talent if you've got the right kind of scheme in place. Um, but yeah, they haven't been good, um, and this year is yet another year where they are not good, and it is dragging down what is a fairly good to very good offense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd be in favor. I'm I'm always in favor of firing coaches. All these guys make way too much money. <laughs> uh, we'll see. I mean, four years is a long time for like 
offensive defensive coordinator and head coach to all be together. Certainly at UCLA and USC, which is mm-hmm. where we're familiar with things. So maybe they make some kind of change after the season. Uh, but I think they'll, you know, make it a bowl game. I think it's a big deal. Fires ass. Fires ass uh, into the sun. Dave says fires ass. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mediocrity. We're out on it. No more mediocrity. All righty. Well, that's it. That's all we got. Is that it? That was it. That was the last question. Wow. Uh, good stuff. Anything else you want to add? No, feeling good. Feeling good? Yeah. We we have a lot of picks that are opposite. I, I We had to shake it up. Like, just us both being bad. I had to try to do something different. I mean, I'm going to extend a pretty big lead over you after this week. Um, if How you're, devastating would if, it be? If, if you're comfortable <laughs> with that, that's fine. How devastating would it be if you had to lead, like, the whole time and, like, the one week I just, like, boat race you that would be be how devastating is going to be for you when i am above 500 after this week can that is that even possible uh you are see hold on uh i can't the light is in the way i can't see i I think i'm 19 and 25 actually so after this week how devastated are you going to be if i am 24 and 25 and you are or i'm wait what would i be i'd be 24 and 25 and you would be no you could you could get to 24 and 24 can I? Yeah. I thought it was 25. You're 19 and 24. I'm 18 and 25. Damn. Yeah. I can't get, you could get to 500 this week. Uh, essentially where I'm in, I've been in a hole. I've been behind and I've been below 500. So nothing's going to change for me. You run the risk of everything flipping. Like I could be behind. I could be behind by more. Like I, uh, this is, I'm playing with house money right now. So that's the way you're going to talk about it for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm going undefeated this week. Okay. <laughs> And that's going to be very sad for you. All right. We'll see. I, I'm, I can always guarantee you it's going to be 3 2 2 3. So 19 and 29. That's what your record's <laughs> going to be after this, after this week. <laughs> that would be, yeah, that would be bad. Yeah, it wouldn't be good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap things up. Uh, that is David Woods. I'm Ryan Abraham. Thanks so much for tuning in to the podcast of champions talking all things Pac 12 football, the only Pac 12 podcast in existence. <laughs> Except for those other ones I listen to, which is nice. They're nice. Seem like very nice people. We do all these other ones. What is the uh, shutdown forecast? They say that's the only college football. The only college football podcast. So we should probably say we're the only Pac-12 football podcast. There you go. Again, like I think we've said it before. When I thought it, we were, because I didn't know there was other ones. And maybe I don't know how new they are. Maybe they've been around a little while. Maybe I don't think so. There were some other ones before. So there was there's the the beta rank guy does. A Pac-12 podcast. Yes, I listen to that sometimes too. Yeah, uh, the No Truck Stops podcast, and then the Pac-12 Apostles. And, and I know the, George Reister, like I know him. And there's another one that's like, uh, the the league itself does one, right? Oh, uh, there was like a Yogi, like Yogi, Yogi and, and Ted Robinson. Yeah, maybe. Like I don't know. That that's. And then uh, John Wilner used. <laughs> does he still do one? We should probably just be his An podcast. episode every three months or so. I don't even know if it's that common now. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's like, he's focused on growing the newsletter more than the, the podcast, but. Yeah. Um, but he would always come on ours. We could just I will say on. at this point, there are probably too many back to podcasts. <laughs> well, they, I think we can blame us because when they're like, when you look at it and you're like, wait, there's only one and this is it? Like, this is so bad. <laughs> We should do one. Like, we made it so other people could do it because we are so bad at what we do. They're just like, oh, if it's that easy. Yeah, like, duh. <laughs> like, David doesn't even do anything. We just show up. Okay, perfect. So, 
You can play like we've created competition. I by, guess by being like first to market and bad at our job. <laughs> first to market, terrible. <laughs> oh, that's a good note to end on. All right, everyone. Well, hope you enjoyed the show. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.